I love coming here to do the broadcast because I always get here early and I'll just walk and pace and pray and have a good time with, with the Lord. And so getting back to this letter that I received, and to paraphrase it, it was sharing how the body of Christ today is so confused. And she was so grateful and thankful for the ministry of, of New Life Ministry, New Life Church, because we bring people into the awareness of the fact that God loves them, you know, and their new creation, their new, their new life in Christ character, the realities of who they are, what they are, and what they can do. But she was sharing in this letter the challenge in the body of Christ today. And this challenge in the body of Christ is because of religion and religion getting, getting the covenants mixed up and continuing to preach a do-it-yourself covenant system, which Jesus replaced, you know, where it's up to you. You need to do, you need to be, you need to become, you need to work at, and then God will bless. Well, you know what's funny? I heard someone mention the fact that God's promises come with no expiration date. Oh, that was so beautiful. But not only is there no expiration date with God's promises, but in our new covenant, see the new covenant that we are now in because Jesus came and replaced the old covenant. In the new covenant, in fact, let me read it so you know it's from the Bible. All right, um, you know, I always plan on what I'm gonna share but then I always leave it up to Holy Spirit to fine tune what he wants me to share because I want my words to be his words. So when you look at 2 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and, verse, and uh, verse 2, I mean verse 20, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, listen to what it says. Well, we'll start with verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, by Silvanus, and by Timothy, was not yes and no. All right, now what he's talking about is blessings. In Jesus Christ, blessings are not yes and no. And what he is referring to is the conditional covenant of the law. Make no mistake about it. So now in Jesus Christ, which we are all in Christ, right? Right? It was preached. It was preached. Not yea and nay, but in him, it's always yes. What is always yes? Well, he tells us in verse 20, for all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and in him, amen, unto the glory of God the Father. So what he's telling us there is we're no longer part of the do-it-yourself system. Right now, we are in the new covenant where Christ has satisfied all. And now, by our faith in Jesus Christ, we are made righteous, we are justified, and we qualify. We qualify by the Father. We meet all the qualifications because of Jesus Christ to, to, to be recipients of the full inheritance, where all the promises are yes and amen. No more conditions attached to them. 
So if you look at a promise in the Old, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, whatever that promise says, whatever that promise states, now our covenant in Christ, it's always yes and amen. So not only have they not expired, but now the answer is always yes and amen. So because of religion and, 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 and teachings of mixture, not, not, not recognizing the fact of the differences of the covenants, not separating them, not rightly dividing them, you know, God's children walk in confusion. So this letter that, that Janice sent me pictured um, a daisy. And, she, and it talked about, you know, when we were young. I, I know I've done this. Lori's here with us today, but she's she's over off to the side, um, and she's listening and watching off to the side. She'll be with us live tomorrow. So I remember doing this when I was young. I know I'm a guy. I'm a guy. I'm manly. I'm strong. But you know what? I did this. Um, I'm sure most of you have done this. You find a daisy. You pick up a daisy. And you look at the petals and you start pulling the petals off one by one, right? You have this, this special girl on your mind. You have this special guy on your mind. And you start pulling the petals. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And there's one left. And it just happens to be, he loves me not. So you know what you do? You pick up another daisy. You get another daisy and you start all over again. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And this one is ended up with, ending up with, he loves me. He loves me. But then again, you're not sure. So you keep picking up daisies. And you keep, and you keep, Lori, have you ever done that? Ah, mm -hmm. uh -huh, Lori's done that. I don't know if you've ever done that. And this is what, and this is what a lot of Christians find themselves doing. And, and this, this, this spinning wheel, uh, like a hamster in a spinning wheel, this is where they find themselves. They find themselves continually asking, does he love me? Does he love me not? Does he love me? Does he love me not? And that's because of the confusion of preaching from the wrong covenant or mixing the covenants. Let me know. Let, I'm going to let you know something. God loves you, period. So the next time you pick up that daisy, that daisy is going to fill, be filled with petals. And it doesn't matter. He loves me. 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 And it doesn't matter how many daisies you pick up. Every petal is going to be telling you, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Janice, thank you for that, that note. That was really beautiful and special. Hey, Ida. Welcome from Norway. Cindy, my sister Cindy, prayed for all of you this morning. I want you to know that. But here it is. He loves me. He loves me. He loves you. He loves you. Look at, look at John chapter 17. John chapter 17. And this is Jesus praying. This is Jesus praying. He's praying before the Father. And this is just part of his prayer. All right, verse 20. Look at verse 20. Neither pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So this is Jesus saying, I'm not only praying for the disciples that I'm with now. But I'm praying for those that will follow, those that will come after. That's you and I. Jesus is praying for you and I. That's amazing. Praise, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've always had me on your mind. You've always had me in your heart. And it says in verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, 
art in me and I in thee. Wow. This is praying that they would get it, that they would know we're all one. We're all one. We're all one. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I am in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 22. And the glory which you have given me, I give to them. That they may be one even as we are one. Verse 23. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in love, in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and you love them even as you love me. So look at this. You know, he loves us so much. He loves us so much. This is John, okay? Now John, see John, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. If you read his gospel... He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He got the revelation. He, he grew in the understanding. He grew in the revelation. Jesus loves me. God loves me. And he wants us to know that, hey, this prayer in his gospel is showing us and sharing with us the fact that God and Jesus, Holy Spirit, love us, love you. And this is why he penned that, that famous verse, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world. And when you get a revelation of the perfect love that God has for, for you, it's perfect. It's not conditional anymore. It never was, really. He always loved us. He always loved us. He never wanted the covenant of the law. Israel asked for it. Israel asked for it. He has always loved us. And this is why the Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, I believe, it is, I believe it is, tells us that it's the loving kindness of God, the goodness of God, that leads us to have a changed heart and a changed mind towards him. We love him because he first loved, loved us. So now John, he's got, he, he, got, he received the revelation of this love. Just like the Apostle Paul did. Just like the Apostle Peter did. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John. And John got such a revelation that he penned 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Which tells us, here is love perfected. This is a response. This is because... This is the fruit of the fact that God loves us. We have boldness to stand before him at the judgment. <coughs> Why? Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. That's beautiful. You remember Jesus' prayer? Father, the glory you gave me, I gave them. The glory that you gave me, I gave them. And part of the definition of glory, doxa, is 
the same view and opinion. It's view and opinion. So what John is saying, Jesus is praying that they would know the view and opinion you have of me, Father, is the view and opinion you have of them. Think about that. The view and opinion that God the Father has towards Jesus is the view and opinion he has toward you. Do you think that God can have a negative thought towards Jesus? No. He has no negative thoughts towards you. You think that, that God can ever see Jesus less than what he really is? Holy, righteous, perfect, complete, Well, guess what? He can only see Jesus in that way. And he can only see you in the same way. He only sees you in the same way. This is why 2 Corinthians, you know what? I love the word of God. And, and I want, I'm going to turn to it. So you, I know it. I know it. I know the address. I know what it says. But just so you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, right? Verse 16. It says, wherefore, henceforth now, we know, we know no man after the flesh anymore. Ye now henceforth know we in him. Hallelujah. So what this, this, this is saying is, God knows no man after the flesh anymore. He knows, he doesn't know you and I after the flesh anymore. After our flesh suit, after our flesh tent after our, our, our soul, right, that's in the process of being renewed, what he knows us, what he, what he knows of us is what he sees of us in our perfection, in our new spirit being in Christ Jesus. That's why verse 17 goes on to say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old order has passed away. Behold, everything new has come. So the Father can only see us as Jesus. This is why John could make that statement. As Jesus is, so am I. This is why we can make that statement. I hope you can make that statement. I hope you make that statement over and over and over again. As Jesus is, so am I. If there's any doubt about it, if there's any guilting or shame or, or condemnation about saying that, that's the enemy mindset. That's the old mindset. That's of the old order. That's of the old covenant's influence. The Bible tells us in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, whom the Lord foreknew, he determined that they would be conformed into the exact image, duplicate copy, the same, alike in every single way, of his firstborn son, son Jesus, the firstborn amongst many brethren. And verse 30 is so beautiful. For whom he foreknew, he called. And those he called, he justified. He made righteous. And those he justified and made righteous, 
he glorified. I hear it almost every day. I hear it almost every day because you know what? There are a lot of Christians in this world. You may not know it. Some of them might be secret service Christians. They might be under, undercover Christians. But there are a lot, you know, or a lot of religious Christians. And they'll always, they'll always make the statement, oh, after all, we're all just sinners saved by grace. No, we are not. Romans 3, 23 has been taking, taken so out of context and misused and mishandled. And I believe it's a tool of the enemy to keep you, to keep you from knowing and believing and coming to grips with the fact that you are now glorified, that you are now justified, that now, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. And it's all because of love. Here is love perfected. Here's God's per Do you realize what he is saying? Here's God's perfect love towards you. You never, ever, never, ever, never, ever have to fear coming into his presence. Here's his love perfected. You can always come before Daddy God. You can always come into his presence. Why? Because his love, his perfect love, made you just like Jesus so that you can be one in Jesus as Jesus is one in the Father and the Father is one in Jesus and the Father is one in us and we are all one. And as Jesus is, so are we. In this world. Now, you know what? I didn't plan on going this route. Um, I was going to continue the righteousness, the character of Christ, um, the fruit of righteousness from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I was going to complete that today, but rather than start that now, we're going to save that for tomorrow and we're going to leave this message off right here. I don't know why. Yes, I do. I do, because like that letter said from Janice, there's so much confusion in the body of Christ today. There's so much confusion. Does he love me? Does he love me not? Does he love me? Does he love me not? Throw that daisy away. Get the new covenant daisy. Get the new covenant daisy. The new covenant daisy is, he loves me. He loves me. He's pleased with me. He loves me. He loves me. He's pleased with me. He loves me. He loves me. He's pleased with me. He loves you, and he's pleased with you. I love you. Walk in your blessings. Walk in the favor of God, and I will see you tomorrow. Blessings.